Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Colombia decriminalizes abortion in first 24 weeks. Government of the gas exporting countries form leaders to cooperate on natural gas development. Atlantic LNG restructuring will bring more revenue for Trinidad and Tobago. Puerto Rico begins phasing out their 3G networks. Antigua hosts members of the International Steering Committee for the Center of Excellence for Oceanography and the Blue Economy. Jamaica budgets $142 million to booster country's resilience to climate change. And U.S. Virgin Islands to relax COVID-19 restrictions for more cruise ship visits. These and other stories on today's poll of the Caribbean. Caribbean News Roundup for Wednesday, February 23rd. We start a report today in Colombia. St. Kitts and Nevis Observer reports via the BBC News that Colombia's constitutional court has decriminalized abortions within the first 24 weeks of pregnancy. Under the new rule, no one will be prosecuted for having an abortion within that time frame. Since 2006, abortions have been allowed in Colombia in cases of rape when a woman's life is at risk or if the pregnancy is not viable. The ruling was welcomed by pro-choice groups who called it a historic achievement. But Bishop Jose Luis Ruda said the Catholic Church would continue to proclaim, defend, and promote human life from gestation until natural death. Pro-choice activists say it is the latest in a series of victories in recent years, including a similar ruling by Mexico's Supreme Court in September and the legislation of abortion up to the 14th week in Argentina. This is a massive step for Latin America, a Catholic region and one with deeply conservative values. Many Latin American countries still severely limit abortion rights, namely Brazil, the region's biggest nation, and in several Central American states, abortion is banned outright, even in the case of rape and incest. Following its 5-4 ruling, the court urged the Congress and the government to come up with legislation which will protect the rights of pregnant women, including providing family planning services, eliminating obstacles to abortion care, and helping with adoptions. Trinidad and Tobago Newsday reports that the sixth summit of heads of state and government of the Gas Exporting Countries Forum ended in Doha, Qatar on Tuesday with the Trinidad and Tobago Prime Minister and other leaders making several resolutions in the Doha Declaration. The resolutions included encouraging the expanded use of natural gases, including the share of natural gases in maritime and land transport and improving the international trade conditions for natural gas. Trinidad and Tobago has been a member state in the Government of the Gas Exporting Countries Forum since 2008. Founded in 2001, the Government of Gas Exporting Countries comprises 19 members and eight observer states. The former include Algeria, Bolivia, Egypt, Equatorial Guinea, Iran, Libya, Nigeria, Qatar, Russia, Trinidad and Tobago, and Venezuela. In a statement issued by the Government of the Gas Exporting Countries Forum Secretariat on Tuesday, the leaders indicated the resolutions were guided by the previous Declaration of Qatar 2011, Russia 2013, Iran 2015, Bolivia 2017, 
and Equatorial Guinea 2019. Leaders reaffirm the absolute and permanent sovereign right of the government of the gas exporting countries forum member countries over their natural gas resources. They also reaffirm the willingness of the government of the gas exporting countries forum member countries to develop their natural gas resources for the benefit of both producers and consumers. Leaders reiterated the importance of coordination and cooperation within and between member states, as well as dialogue between producers, consumers, and other relevant stakeholders for the promotion of the international cooperation aimed at ensuring the viability and sustainability of gas markets. Member countries committed themselves to 12 resolutions in the Doha Declaration. These included promoting natural gas as an abundant, affordable, clean, and reliable source of energy, encouraging the expanded use of natural gas domestically and internationally, working towards increasing the share of natural gas in maritime and land transport, and developing the necessary infrastructure to provide natural gas to consumers and support the fundamental role of long-term gas contracts, as well as the gas pricing based on oil oil products indexation to ensure stable investments in the development of the natural gas resources. Algeria will host the seventh government of the Gas Exporting Countries Forum Summit in 2023. Trinidad and Tobago Newsday also reports that Trinidad and Tobago's Prime Minister is confident that the restructuring of the Atlantic LNG will improve the revenue Trinidad and Tobago earns from exporting liquefied natural gas from the company's plant in Point Fortin. Dr. Rowley made this statement when he addressed the sixth summit of the heads of state and government of the Gas Exporting Countries Forum in Doha, Qatar, on Tuesday. Natural gas has been the cornerstone of our economic development from the mid-1980s when gas superseded oil as the primary hydrocarbon. Rowley identified the critical role played by natural gas in supporting Trinidad and Tobago's petrochemical and liquefied natural gas industries. Trinidad and Tobago has 10 ammonium plants, 7 methanol plants, and 4 liquefied natural gas trains, all of which depend on natural gas as the primary feedstock. While a viable and sustainable petrochemical sector is important to the long-term health of the economy, Rowley said there are challenges. On one hand, upstream producers have been requiring higher prices to adequately compensate for the higher production costs associated with operating in a mature hydrocarbon basin. On the other hand, he continued, we have a mature downstream petrochemical industry operating in a competitive global environment. Rowley said Trinidad and Tobago's 2015 Gas Master Plan report, prepared by UK consultants, Potent and Partners, confirmed that Trinidad and Tobago lost U.S. billions in potential revenue from LNG exports. In light of this, Rowley said, the government has been having dialogue with companies to ensure more equitable sharing of LNG revenues. He added that this dialogue provides an opportunity to correct this inequality consequent 
on the pending expiration of LNG licenses and plans to restructure the LNG business in Trinidad and Tobago. On January 25th, the government and Atlantic LNG stakeholders signed a heads of agreement that will guide the company's restructuring. The heads of agreement is being executed by the government of Trinidad and Tobago, BP, Shell, TNT Limited, and the Natural Gas Company. PR Wire News reports that by the end of 2022, network operators present in Puerto Rico and across North America will begin phasing out their 3G networks, referred to as the 3G Sunset, to make way for 4G and 5G networks. This transition will enable higher quality, faster and safer connectivity throughout the region. When this occurs, all devices that are not 4G LTE compatible or higher will no longer receive cellular service. This shutdown means loss of connection to vehicle and driving data for fleets that have not yet upgraded their telematic devices. Fleets with 3G vehicle tracking devices will need to migrate to 4G in order to prevent loss of signal or data transferring. The country's telecommunication bureau has been working for months together with various telecommunications operators in the region on a transition plan to help consumers acquire new headsets and devices to connect to the new 4G LTE and future 5G networks when they are deployed. The 3G shutdown will occur across North America, including Puerto Rico, and will indirectly impact Mexican fleets that are frequently crossing over to the American border. With this transition, fleet managers are urged to ensure that their installed devices are supported by 4G or 5G. Geotab, a global leader in telematics and connected vehicles in Latin America, is helping fleets make this transition. I recommend that all companies that have not yet replace their telematic devices with LTE-enabled devices or are unsure if the ones in their vehicles are ready for this change, request an evaluation and installation in order to avoid any unnecessary downtime once the transition takes place, said Sean Killen, Geotab's Vice President for Latin America. Antigua Newsroom reports that Antigua's Department of the Blue Economy within the Ministry of Social Transformation, Human Resource Development, and the Blue Economy is presently hosting a visit by the International Steering Committee for the Center of Excellence for Oceanography and the Blue Economy that will be established at the Five Islands campus of the University of the West Indies. The visit, which started on Monday, February 21st, will conclude on February 25th. In October 2020, the government of Antigua and Barbuda announced its support for the establishment of a center of excellence for oceanography and the blue economy at the University of the West Indies, which will be housed at its Five Islands campus in Antigua and Barbuda. The center's aim is to advance intellectual progress, promote economic opportunities, and strengthen institutional capacities in areas related to marine science and the blue economy. 
Following this, a memorandum of understanding was signed by the government of Antigua and Barbuda, the University of the West Indies, and the Association of Commonwealth Universities in January 2021. The objective of the MOU is to formalize a non-exclusive framework of cooperation and to facilitate collaboration on research, teaching, and other initiatives in support of the establishment of the center. Jamaica Information Service reports that an additional $142.7 million has been budgeted to continue work under the Jamaica Pat from Hills to Ocean project in fiscal year 2022-2023. The project being executed by the Planning Institution of Jamaica aims to booster the country's resilience to climate change and reduce poverty through the implementation of an integrated and sustainable landscape management methodology. Program activities include engaging 4,000 farmers in sustainable livelihoods, removing two hectares of waste from targeted wetlands, and restoring four hectares of wetlands. Engagements slated for 2022-2023 include completion of a rapid ecological assessment, hydrological study, seagrass assessment, knowledge, attitude, and practices survey, bioengineering designs, and design of rehabilitation for Castleton Gardens in St. Mary. The project, which commenced in November 2021, is slated to run until November 2028. The project is being funded by the Government of Jamaica and the European Union. The United States Attorney for the District of Puerto Rico, W. Stephen Muldrow, and the Federal Bureau of Investigation Special Agents in Charge, Joseph Gonzalez, announced the launch of a carjacking education and prevention program with the collaboration of the Puerto Rico Police Bureau's Stolen Vehicle Section and the Puerto Rico Department of Justice. The public service campaign aims to raise awareness about the different safety measures that the public can adopt to prevent and protect themselves from carjacking. In 2019, Puerto Rico reported more than 500 carjackings and more than 3,000 stolen vehicles. Although these numbers have decreased during the past two years, law enforcement agencies continue investigating hundreds of carjackings and thousands of vehicle thefts per year, said U.S. Attorney Muldrow. The U.S. Attorney's Office, along with our federal and state partners, have developed this awareness campaign to protect the public from these crimes. And finally, several islands in the Caribbean region are now moving forward to relax COVID-19 restrictions. The Virgin Islands Free Press reports that the government of the U.S. Virgin Islands will relax the entry requirements for cruise liners to enter and visit the territory as cases on board cruise ships continue to drop. Although cruise ships accounted for tens of thousands of passengers visiting the island daily before the pandemic, the strict regulations that have been in place, coupled with fewer guests on board, have put a serious dent in the local economy, something the territorial government now wants to correct. Several ships were forced to cancel their calls to the U.S. Virgin Islands in recent months due to the strict entry requirements the local government had put in place. For the month of January 2022, the protocols caused cancellations for 13 cruise ships. 
the Virgin Islands Department of Health, Office of the Governor, the Virgin Islands Port Authority, and the West Indian Company are now finalizing an updated Memorandum of Understanding to present to the cruise lines outlining local requirements, said the West Indian Company Limited President and CEO, Anthony Otley. In the updated MOU, cruise ships will be allowed to dock and disembark passengers if there is a maximum of a 3% infection rate amongst the passengers and crew members. The cruise liners were requesting a 4% infection ceiling rate of the entire ship, and certain destinations are granting those requests, Otley added. With the change in regulations, the U.S. Virgin Islands West Indian Company Limited hopes to attract more cruise ships to the U.S. Virgin Islands shores. However, it will likely not be a return to the pre-COVID numbers of tourists. In related news, Jamaica Information Service reports that Jamaica's Prime Minister Andrew Holness on Tuesday announced a further relaxation of coronavirus COVID-19 containment measures. The revised measures, which include changes in the nightly curfew hours, are based on declines in the COVID-19 indicators, particularly infections and hospitalizations. The new measures are effective from Friday, February 25th for a three-week period ending March 17. Speaking at a virtual press briefing, Mr. Holness said that following cabinet deliberations, the nightly curfew will now run from 12 a.m. to 5 a.m., ending at 5 a.m. on March 18. In addition, up to 100 persons can attend events hosted by public sector entities, and 100 persons may be physically present at weddings and annual general meetings of companies. Mr. Holness also informed that effective Tuesday, March 1st, the requirement to obtain a travel authorization through the Jam COVID and Visit Jamaica platforms will be eliminated. Concurrent with the removal of the travel authorization is the elimination of travel-related quarantine requirements effective March 1st. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Wednesday, February 23rd. I'm Keisha Wallace, thanking you for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news. Be sure to spread the word to family, friends, and associates. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and be sure to like and follow us on Facebook, now Meta. Meta.